Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. I want to talk to you about the conditions that we're living in. And I don't know how many of you all have ever looked at the landscape in which we're living in today. There's no way you can live in it and not look at it. Amen. You see it. You may not admit it. You may not know what's going on. You may not know how things are blooming and how things are coming together, how things are growing. But that's my job as a minister to help you see the things that God is showing me so that I can show it to you. God wants your eyes to be enlightened, that you may know the hope of your calling. And what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints? There's so much inheritance out there for us, but we're not activating our faith. So therefore, we're aliens. We're alienated from it. We're, 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 we're here in this world, but we're not possessing the world. The world is in turn possessing us. And God wants to shift that thing, to change that thing. And we're coming to a season right now where you're going to see God do some things. Amen? Amen. It's going to be some things that you thought about God's going to do. He knows the thoughts. He knows the thoughts that you think. And, and, and God wants to do so much. All he wants you to do is to put yourself in alignment and have faith in him. And that's one of the reasons what we're doing today and talking about today. I, I, I believe today that God has called us to make a U-turn. A U-turn. And, and when I say a U-turn, God is, is, is navigating this, and he's trying to show us. You know, how many of y'all have a GPS? Or you, you let a GPS guide you at some point? Amen. A GPS can be good, okay? But God's GPS is God's prophetic signal. I take that and give it, a, give it an acronym as, as God's prophetic signal. God is going to signal you when you need to make a turn. Mm-hmm. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient to what? To the prophetic voice of God, to God speaking to you. Now, he may speak a word or drop a word in your spirit, and there's nobody around. It may sound like my mama, my daddy, and they may be gone to be with the Lord. But God many times uses somebody that you can identify with to speak to you. That word from that person, that person is not there. I hear so many say, my mama said this, my daddy came and said this. That was God trying to get a word to you, but he chose to use. So I remember one time I was going way off, on tra- off track, and I heard Pastor Williams say something to me. And I know he wasn't in there. So God used a voice that I respected to put me back on track. So this is how God works. God used prophetic words to put you back on track. So he's going to signal you, and it can come through an individual. It can come through a person. It can come through a thing. But that thing will speak to you. You can look at a road sign, and you you might see a U-turn. Well, it doesn't mean you're going the wrong direction. Naturally, it means you're going the wrong direction spiritually. And you must be able to listen. That's why I tell you, lift up your hands in worship. Start doing things that's going to build your spirit man up so you can hear from God. And you can stop saying, something told me. Something told me. What's something? Something what? No, there was a spirit of God trying to bear witness to your spirit that something needs to change. And many times when you say, when you run into that situation and that situation takes over you and you say, I knew I should have listened. I knew I should have listened. Well, you knew you should have listened. Now, if you don't put your spirit man in, in check and start strengthening the spirit man up, you're going to miss it again. Because when God gives you something, your conscience has such a powerful tool that it can decide. And that tool is called your will. 
You can decide to obey God or not. That's why he can declare, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You got to decide. You got to decide today how you're going to handle this. Amen? We're fasting right now, and I know many of your flesh been crying out. Crying out, okay? Keep crucifying it. Now, we've been in it one week. Let's go for another week, and let's take it even stronger. Amen? Let's try it even stronger. Let's say, no, we're, we're, how, how do you feel being in control? Your spirit man being in control, not your flesh. Well, okay, some of y'all have been falling. I can see that now. All right, but that's okay. Let's get back on the wagon. Let's get back up, and let's do right. Let's go back this week, and let's try to fast, and let's try to pray, and let's try to believe God. Amen? Amen. So now what God wants us to do is to watch for this. This was going to take. No, no, go back, go back. I'm not ready yet. There's a spiritual turnaround that's taking place. And God wants you to understand the power of the prophetic, okay? There's a turnaround that's happening in the world, and there's a, uh, a spiritual turnaround that's going to happen with us as God's people, the church. Let me deal with the world first, okay? I believe in, like I said last week, a lot of you all don't like me or don't like me saying that, but I'm going to ask that you put your racism down today. A lot of y'all are racist. Mm-hmm. How can black people be racist? Yeah, you racist. You racist, okay? You racist. Because now that our ex-president is out, Obama is out, okay? He's not gone. He's still hanging around the UN. So y'all got to watch, okay? Don't sleep on this one, all right? Watch and pray, okay? He may not be the Antichrist, but he is one. And I would know if it's the, if he signed that peace treaty and, and, and a seven-year peace treaty, uh, yeah, we know, Okay? Well, he's not the president. Well, there's some things that's going on behind the scene that you don't see. Listen, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. God has an agenda, and the devil has an agenda. And they're both trying to work their agenda out through us. The devil's trying to get his man in place, and God is saying, no, I'm getting my people in place. So now the war is against God's, God's people and Satan's man. Don't forget this. Okay, turn the air. Put the heater back on. Everybody coming up. They're taking blankets from the kids over here. Go put some, put, bro, Daniel, fix that for me. All right? They're taking the kids' blanket. God, no. All right. Anyway, Jesus. All right. So what we're going to do now is try to peek behind the scene and see what's going on. Lay your prejudice down, and let's see what God is saying. Now, President Trump has won the election. Guess what? He is your president. Let's get it straight first. Like it or not, he is your president. And your God told you to pray for those who have rule over you. Don't pray that nobody get them because you can't pray like that. You've got to pray that God prosper this man, bless this man, because what decision this man makes has a strong, a very strong impact on what happens to you. The last president made a lot of bad decisions that pushed us away from God. The way he handled Israel was totally out of order. He signed over Israel's land. He divided God's land, and God says that you shall not divide my land. I gave you that last week. 
Not only that, he signed a bill for same-sex marriages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This past week, they had a, I think, I didn't watch the news, but I think they had a march on Washington where all these women who came and marched on Washington, D.C. to tell Washington, D.C. to let us have a right to kill our children. What mother is going to act and pray and protest for a right to kill their child? That is not God. That is demonic. Every mother that I know will fight for their children. Even in nature, you go mess with a bear's cub, you got some issues on your hand. It's not natural. I don't care how many, and if some of y'all went, repent. You need to make a U-turn because you're headed in the wrong direction. I don't care if your president did sign the law and say it was okay for you to marry the same sex. God hadn't signed it. Well, I change not, said the Lord. He's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Now, if you have those issues, those tendencies, God offers deliverance. He wants to deliver you from the lies that the enemy has told you. He does not want you to get somebody else who believes what you believe and march on Washington. Because when you, walk, when you march on the national capital, you're sending a statement to the God who established the throne. You're telling God that he made a mistake. And that's a lie. You chose. You made the decision. I don't care what hurt, what pain, whatever you went through, uh, whoever molested you, whoever, whatever, whatever way that enemy came in, he has to go back out. It's been deceived. You've been deceived. And because of these days that we're living in and the fact that we turn our back on God, God has to do something that's awesome. He's going to have to raise up somebody who's going to turn this thing back around. Who's going to have to make that U-turn? And most of you all have seen a U-turn. Matter of fact, most of you all that have drive have at one point made a U-turn. You were headed this way, and you realized that you were going the wrong way, and you simply made a U-turn, meaning you repented. I realize if I keep going this way, I'm going to get farther and farther away from my destination. To one point, I might even get lost. So it's necessary that I make a U-turn. If the United States are going that far and realizing that we have to make a U-turn, this thing was more spiritual than whatever. When I first saw all those preachers getting together and praying, laying hands on, on Donald Trump, I was mad. Y'all don't know what y'all doing. Get out of the politics and leave it alone. Then it narrowed down to just two candidates. I said, okay, well, I got to go lay my hand on them too. Mm -hmm. Hillary would not have been a good president. She would not have been. And, and Bill Clinton would not have been a first man, a good first man. <laughs> if you got a first lady, he had to be the first man, right? Yeah. So what we're going to do today 
is look at how the prophetic power has an impact not on the church, but also the world. The Bible said, believe my prophets and you shall prosper. Now, there are many voices out there. Not all prophets are preaching and saying the right thing. That's why you got to know your God. You have to know your Bible. And you're going to have to weigh the word by the word. Sometimes prophetic people get into their flesh and we hear something from God and we add to it or we take away. Not intentionally, but because God gave us one word, we have a tendency to give you that word but add something to it to make it complete. When God just only wants you to have that one word. So there can be errors. That's why you have to know your Bible. You have to know your God. You have to worship in the spirit and know something that when, if God can just speak to your spirit and tell you that you're doing something wrong and something ain't right and you call it something, well, that same something can tell you when that scripture that you, that you were reading is somebody's twisting it and turning it for their own personal gain and you will know it. Okay? All right. So watch this. This is why God gave the prophetic word. This is what God's trying to do. I've told you these things before they happen. So when they do happen, you will believe. Believe what, God? Believe that the Bible is true. For every word that's been prophesied in that Bible will and shall come to pass. So you've got the true Bible. You can base your life on the truth. Why? Because God told me these things before they happen. So when they do happen, I believe that I've got the right Bible. And the Bible points to the right God. And the right God points to what's going to happen in my life and in the end times if I believe and trust in him. So there are a lot of deception that's going on out there now. People who are turning away from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. These spirits are trying to seduce you and make you think that you are their slave. That's why fasting is so important. You should not be slave to anything. Sin should not have dominion over you. You should not be enslaved to sin. You should not have to smoke dope to run women or to run men or to, or to do things that are outside the will of God. You should not have to do that. You should have control over your flesh. Because the Bible says so. The price that God paid was for you to have control or to have what we call dominion. Yeah. All right. So now when you pick up your Bible or when you see things happening out there in the world, and watch this. Most people, most human beings want to know what's going to happen next. So, so much so that many of us turn to reading, psychic readings. Sister Ruby, those type of people. The horror scope. Why would you turn to horror Mm -mm. Mm -mm. All right. I want to give you a prophecy that was preached by a man who, who was deceased, gone home to be with the Lord. Many of you know him, Clem Clement. And he was an, uh, a man of God who operated in prophecy. First time I saw him, I said, man, I ain't going to believe nothing that dude say. You know? But then I began to see more of him, and I saw some of his words coming true and coming to pass. And I started giving me an opportunity now to look a little bit deeper into him. And he was pretty on point. And any man can miss it because we're human beings. But he was on point about one thing. And I want to show you right now what he was on point with, if you give me a moment. Are we ready? This that shall take place shall be the most unusual thing. A transfiguration. A going into the marketplace, if you wish. Into the news media. Where Time Magazine will have no choice but to say what I want them to say. Newsweek, what I want to say. The View, what I want to say. Trump shall become a trumpet 
says the Lord. Trump shall become a trumpet. I will raise up the Trump to become a trumpet and Bill Gates to open up the gate of a financial realm for the church, says the Lord. Said, I will not forget 9-11. I will not forget what took place that day. And I will not forget the gatekeeper that watched over New York who will once again stand and watch over this nation, says the Spirit of God. It shall come to pass that the man that I place in the highest office shall go in whispering my name. But God said when he enters into the office, he will be shouting out by the power of the Spirit, for I shall fill him with my Spirit when he goes into office. And there will be a praying man in the highest seat in your land. There will be a praying president, not a religious one. But I will fool the people, says the Lord. I will fool the people. Yes, I will. God says, the one that is chosen shall go in and they shall say he has hot blood. For the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way. And the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. Listen to the word of the Lord. God says, I will put at your helm for two terms. A president that will pray, but he will not be a praying president when he starts. I will put him in office and then I will baptize him with the Holy Spirit and my power, says the Lord of hosts. Come on! Amen. All right. Okay. Now, that was in 2007. That's before Trump even said he was running. Okay? So, he prophesied this in 2007. And this prophecy is happening and we're living it right now. Now, he wasn't a praying man going in, but that office is going to cause him to pray, okay? He went back and picked up the Bible his mama gave him and brought it back out and dusted the dust off of it, realizing he's going to need it. He has now began to make a U-turn for the United States. He's turning the policy that Obama put in place to bring him back towards God. He's now, where Obama made a peace treaty or, or tried to make Israel divide their land, he's now stepping into the office and says, I'm going to make Jerusalem the, the, the nation's capital by bringing the embassy right there in the midst of Jerusalem. It's going to cause all war. It's going to cause hell to might break loose. That's why we need to be praying. Don't believe that your prayers are not effective. Your prayers are important. I believe that the world, that none of us took Trump to be for real. I talked about him. Me and Jermaine and Terry got on the TV and laughed about it. We were watching the crazy. We were just, it was just crazy. It was ludicrous until he won. And then we look and say, wait a minute, what is happening? God said many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that shall prevail. Why would God choose somebody like this? This is what they say about him. It's been said that, that, that Donald Trump, he flip-flops on issues. He's a sexist. He's a racist. You know what? I'm not saying none of that is true, but if it is true, he's your president. Mm -hmm. And everything that the media said about him, you cannot believe. The media has a way of duping God's people and uninformed, uneducated people. Because you won't read, you listen to what they say, and they, uh, they have this little tool, this little box called television. 
And they're telling you what they want you to see and what they want you to believe. They pay people to go out and riot and do all this stuff, and you jump out there with your silly self and want to riot because that's true. That's true. You ain't read and you don't know nothing. You error because of a lack of knowledge. And you don't even know. They getting paid, and you out here getting your head busted and ducking rubber bullets and, and smelling tear gas because y'all on a cause. Mm-hmm. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You got to get some education. You got to start reading. You got to start studying. You got to study to show thyself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You got to write. There's no way, and I know some of you all did, went on and voted for, uh, now he got me the first time. I'm telling you the truth. I voted for him because he was a brother. All right? He was black. And I want to see a black man in a White House. And so I voted for him. Okay? I didn't want to know what his agenda was. I just wanted him there. Just to say, we have arrived. We arrived on the doorsteps of hell. And I know you don't like it. But we almost went down as a nation because we were messing with God's possession. You can't mess with God's stuff and not have punishment come. Ask Ananias and Sephiroth. They took God's possession. God said, when it was yours, I didn't ask you for it, but you said you were going to give it to me. And then when you found out that you sold that land and it made so much money, you kept part of it back for yourself. He said, because of this, the men are at the door to take you out. And they fell dead right there on the spot. And God told us not to divide his land. And we did it. Well, I didn't do it. Did you vote for him? Not the second time. Did you vote for him the first time? Second time, no, I didn't vote for him. Because I knew better. I knew the scriptures better. I understood now. And I saw what he was doing. I saw the policy that he was making. So therefore, I drew a line in the sand and said, I'm not with you. I don't care if you're black, green, orange, or what. I'm not voting for you because of your issues. Whenever you can get past standing for me, well, I'm a Democrat. You don't even know what a Democrat is all about. We're a Democrat because we demonstrate. That ain't no Democrat. That's a close to your definition. All right, let me stop. Okay. So we say that, that Trump, is a, is he flip-flops on the issues, and what's he do? Sexist? Well, yeah, they say he stuck his hand up that woman's dress. All right, so what? There's another president who's done some worse stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is he racist? Yeah, there was one time he told these black folks, y'all can't come into my hotel. Oh, y'all didn't know that one. <laughs> I messed up, didn't I? <laughs> and you got to know why he said that, but anyway, I'm not going to get into that because I'm not going to make a race issue out of it. If he was racist or if he is racist, racist, guess what? God said that he's going to take this man's heart and he's going to turn it the way he wants it to be turned. And there's a purpose in God's mind why he's doing this. And the church needs to know so we can be praying. I believe the prayers of a righteous man avail as much. I believe that the prayers of the righteous man can pull judgment back. He wouldn't, if it wasn't possible, he would never told it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and get off of their black issues and their racism and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive them of their sins. I will forgive them that y'all voted for an Antichrist. And then I will heal their land. 
I believe God will restore years to us. If we humble ourselves and pray and turn our face back to him. He did it for Hezekiah. He had pronounced judgment on Hezekiah. And Isaiah had pronounced judgment, told him, you shall die. And he went out and Hezekiah took that Bible and turned to that wall and prayed to God. And God told, Hezekiah, told Isaiah when he was walking out, before he even got out of the court, he said, turn around and go tell Hezekiah, I'm giving him 15 more years. Some of you all last week told me, Pastor, I don't like for you to preach about this stuff because it scares me and I want to see my kids grow up. I want to see what they're going to be. Then you need to be praying. God may give him 15 more years, but you better act like you know your God. Amen? All right. Israel leaders believe that he is the chosen one. Not maybe the called one, but the chosen one. Okay? That he's the chosen one that will allow them to rebuild their temple. That's the biggest battle. You know what? Could you realize what it would be like if you own that real estate in Israel? It is the most sought after, the most expensive real estate in the world, in the desert, on top of a mountain. Every nation is after it. One of the richest nations in the world, that little small place. And they just discovered this oil and gas in that little country. They was already rich. They was already blessed. Now they're even more blessed. There has to be a God. And most of us won't even, anyway. So, so they want to rebuild that temple there. They're believing that he's going to do great exploits, just as King Cyrus when he allowed the Jews to return home. Well, you won't know what, he talk, what they're talking about unless you know who King Cyrus is. When the Jews went into abundance on the Babylonians, they were in abundance for about 70 years. Well, 70 years. And then God raised up a pagan king, a Persian king, to bring them out of abundance. Not a Jewish king, not another David, not another, not another uh, Samuel. He raised up somebody who was alienated from the covenant to give them the right to go back. Somebody who didn't even believe. The Bible tells us that history, or what we think is history, repeats itself. They're calling Trump Cyrus. Because they believe that Trump is going to go back and rewrite everything that the United States has wrote against the people. Against God's people. Let me show you through scripture, who this Cyrus guy was. So you make him relate to why the Israelites people believe this about him. Now, you've got to follow me today. I don't want you to get lost or, or twisted about anything, but I want to help you. And if I'm going too far too fast, I told you one day I'm going to give you a uh, question and answer section, session. But you didn't, uh, you didn't give me any notes or anything, send me anything, so I, I guess you, all your questions have been answered. Maybe I'm doing a good job on teaching you, okay? Maybe you understand all the end time stuff, right? Okay, I'll leave that one alone. All right, so watch this, Isaiah chapter 45. Why would God use somebody like this? And it has that ever been done anywhere in Scripture. Isaiah 45, verse 1 through 6. Watch this. I'm going to check, check this one out. Cyrus, the Lord's chosen one, not called, but chosen one, all right? This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one, whose right hand 
he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Folks are talking like, this man crazy. Those other countries over there saying crazy. China saying now, wait a minute. China was talking about uh, Chester Day missiles and everything, and Trump said, you better not. So people in the other countries saying they don't know how to handle this guy. This guy's not political, and he's not political. He's a businessman. God raised up a marketplace minister, a marketplace person, a person who's, who understands money to deal with America, to deal with all those other countries. Their fortress gates will be open, never shut again. There's some things that's going on over there that they've been keeping sealed up and the, and, and the Illuminati and all this stuff. God said, it's all right, I'm going to show you what this is about. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. Things that, that have stopped people from progressing and moving forward, Trump going to make a difference. I don't believe that you're taking the scripture and you're twisting it. Okay, well, maybe it ain't Trump, but Cyrus did it. All right. And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. Watch this. He's finna go a little deeper now. Next, next verse. And I... And why have I called you for this work? Why have I called? The man, he's just, I mean, there's no, I mean, everybody's saying everybody, all the bad stuff about him, okay? All right? So why would we call him for this work? God, why would you use him? Because it's just like God. He took some fishermen and made them his disciples. And they turned the world upside down. The Bible said they were unlearned. But yet they're going in one-on-one, head-to-head with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those Jewish uh, religious leaders who studied all their life about the law, and they didn't know nothing about it and came in and put them on their knees. Mm -hmm. He'll take the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. And why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by name when you did not know me? I'm so tired of Trump trying to say that he's, he's a Christian. He ain't no Christian. God knows he's not. But it might be by the time he leave office. Many of y'all wasn't a Christian when you came to church. Uh-huh. You just carried the title. You wasn't a Christian. Uh-huh. All right. This is why he's doing it. Why would you raise this man up? This man crazy. It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant. Israel, my chosen one. I am the Lord. There's no other. There's no other God besides me. He said, I raised this man up. I allowed this man to be in this position for the sake of Jacob. Now, can't none of y'all refute that. If Hillary had been president, she would continue the policy of Obama. Israel would be in trouble right now. But because Trump, God raised him up and allowed him to be in that position, he has a chance to turn those policies back around and bless America. Mm-hmm. It's right here. It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. I'm the Lord. There's no other God. I have equipped you for battle. Though you don't even know me. 
That's why Clem Clement could say he may not pray when he get in office, but he's going to pray while he's in office. Because God's going to equip him to realize that there's some stuff he can't handle. And he's going to have to bow his knee to the one true God. He will have to open up that Bible that his mama gave him and start reading it. He got enough spiritual people around him to start praying for him and hopefully guide him into the right direction. That's why we got to pray. See, the problem is we don't believe in our prayers. As a church, as a people, as a body of Christ, as children of God, we don't believe in our prayers. We don't think our prayers change nothing. We don't believe the scriptures. The effectual, fervent prayer, a prayer that's really got some heart into it, a prayer that's believing that things going to change, it will avail much. I've seen it in operation. So all the world from the east to the west would know that there is no other God. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Do you hear God? Some stuff is happening right in your midst, and you don't even know it. You don't even realize it. Somebody told me this past week, preachers all stay out of politics. I hear you, and I heard it. But preachers have always been in politics until we believe the lie of separation in church and state. That was not written into it. That was a letter that the one of the presidents wrote to somebody else who was a preacher. And he was trying to say that the politics should not be able to dictate what the church do and what the church does or says. In other words, the government should not be above the church. That's all he was saying. Go back and look in your Bible. First king was put in place was Saul. Who put him in place? A preacher. When he messed up, God sent a preacher to bring him down, to set him down. So not only do preachers bless us, you want to know why at the inauguration he had these preachers, three preachers? They say four. I didn't see it. Somebody sent it to me and said that uh, Paula White was there. Uh, uh, another Jewish person was there, and, and a couple more people was there, and they prayed in the inauguration. Why? Because preachers okay what happens or pray. Obama had, y'all ain't going to know it, didn't know it, but he had a Muslim guy in his office to swear him in. You know, he goofed up out there in front of everybody, so he had to do an official one in his office. Legend is that he swore on the Quran. I don't know how true it was. I'm just telling you what I heard. And so strike that from the record. All right? Okay. But preachers can, can put a person in office and can also take him out. That's how much power we have as a church. All right, so preachers are important. Don't think that they shouldn't be in politics. Yes, they should be. I'll let that one sit in for a minute. Why? Because these people have a, a, a strong impact on your life. If we had more God-fearing, Holy Ghost-fearing people in office, we would probably live in a better life. People who can go to a boardroom and hear from God and then obey God. Amen? So if any of you all have pol political ambition, just stop lying. You ain't got to lie. Speak the truth. 
So why do we need preachers? Watch this, Romans chapter 10, verse 14 from the King James Version. How then shall they call on him who they are not believed? The prophecy is given so that you might believe. Preachers are here to put people in place who are going to make the right decision for God. And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? If I don't stand here and teach you about what God is doing and what's going on, how else are you going to know? How are you going to preach? Oh, no, I'm going to hold it. You, you do it. We're going to be arguing up here. All right. So how are you going to hear without a preacher? comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You need me. And I need you. I need you to listen to what he says happening so that your faith can get built up so that you can get equipped to do the work of the ministry. There's a whole world waiting out there for you. And I must preach, and you must listen, so you can be obedient, and you can be blessed. Stop looking at me like I'm just some man. I am, but I am a man of God. I am trying my best to walk in this office the way God has called me to. So, the words that I speak are not mine. They belong to somebody who's much higher than I am. Amen? So don't question the fact that I don't want to hear that preaching. I don't want to hear that. Well, if you don't want to hear me, how are you going to hear? If you don't want to listen to the preacher, then stop listening to the folks out there in the church and the world talking about, I don't want to hear no preacher. Then how are you going to hear? How are you going to change? You cannot hear without a preacher. You cannot change without the preacher. I don't want to go to I want to hear that preacher. You don't want to change. Mm -hmm. All right, so here we go. Let me go on to the next one. I'm getting ready to come to you now. If you give me 10 minutes or more. It's true for our nation and for those that know their God. The blessings are available for you. The nation has made a U-turn to come back to God. What about the church? What about you? If you make this turn and activate your faith and change your little dirty, low-down ways, you can be blessed with the rest of us. But if you refuse and continue to rebel, you will be destroyed. Nothing you do will come to naught. It will come to nothing. Watch this. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. And this is a prophecy about the end times, about some things that are going to go on in the, in the last days. And such, and as such do wickedness against the covenant, and that's what's been happening. People have been attacking the covenant of Israel. Shall be corrupt by flattery. They're going to be eloquent people talking. Uh, uh, your, your president, one thing I got to give him. The boy was smart. There wasn't too many people who were going to stand up and, 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 and rebuttal him and talk about him. I mean, he had a canning way of just putting people in their, in their place. 
The media or nobody wanted to challenge that guy. And he ain't gone off the scene. Watch. All right. But the people that do know their God shall what? Be strong and do what? Great exploits. That means that while the world going through things, because you know your God, you're going to be doing some powerful things. Uh-huh. Now, you've got to hook your faith to this prophecy. You've got to grab it. You've got to hold on to it. And you've got to get yourself ready. That's why we're fasting. That's why we're praying. That's why we're trying to get ourselves together so that we can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might so that we can do some great exploits. You're going to be able to turn things around. You're going to be able to do things that people thought wasn't possible to do. The kingdom of God is at hand. The world know it. Prophecies are pointing towards it. Everybody can see it. Those who understand it can look at Israel and know something is getting ready to take place. So why sit back seeing all this happen and don't prepare yourself for it? You know something's going to change. And you're just going to let things happen around you. God told Isaiah, unless you stand firm in your faith, I cannot help you. If you don't start studying and worshiping and praising, getting your spirit man ready so that your faith can be activated, I can't help you. You will go down like the rest. The poor you will have with you always, but you don't have to be the poor. So how many of you believe that you can do great exploits? Then you got to get ready to take your place. There's a place for you. There's a calling for you. You've been chosen for this time and this season. Who knows if you've been called into the kingdom for a time such as this? Watch this. <laughs> I played on his slogan. Instead of making America great, let's make the church great again. Let's walk in the power and the authority of the risen Christ. Let's believe that we have the power to cast out devils. Let's believe that we have the power to lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. You know what? We activate our faith when our loved ones and our children get sick, and we try to push that faith. Let's push it all the time. Let's believe that God has something for us, and we're going to get it. Amen? The kingdom of God is at hand. It is time for us to trust in the Lord and lean not to our own understanding. Stop trying to figure it out and faith it out. Put your faith in there. And faith simply steps in with a knowing. Once you step into faith, you just know. You can't explain it. You just know it's going to work out for your good. You can't figure it out. You can't. If you can explain it, it's not faith. That's how powerful it is. When you step into it, you just know you're in it, and you're operating in it, and you're going along with the flow, and you know there's an end to it, and you're going to come out victorious. That's how faith operates. It's not something that you can explain to people. It's something that you demonstrate through your works. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 from the King James. Trust in the Lord with all thine hearts. Get your heart right. 
You get your heart right through worship, through surrendering. You're not coming here to be playing with the baby. You're not coming here to be looking at who else worshiping. You're not coming here to listen to what song they sing. Ooh, that's my song. I can go worship. No, 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 no. Every song is yours. And you need to be go, ready to go worship at any moment, at any given time. You need to be able to step into the spirit realm at will. Shift and change the atmosphere just like that. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thy own understanding. You're not going to be able to figure everything out. You're going to look at some people and you're going to wonder, how did they get there? How did they do that? How are they making it? How is this happening? They're not going to figure it out and you're not going to figure it out. All you're going to know, because you trust in God, you didn't lead to your own understanding, you acknowledge him, God, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know what's going on, but I trust you, God. I trust you. And he's going to direct your path. There's so many of you all don't know it, but your path has already been made and laid out for you. The way has already been made for you to prosper. He already has people lined up to meet you and to help you, but you don't know it because you won't make the U-turn. You don't want to change your ways. You want to still smoke your dope. You want to run the women. You want to run the men. You want to shack. You want to do this. You don't want to make a difference. You want to make him meet you at the end of your rope when you know you're going the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. No, they don't want me to teach. They don't want to hear this. See, you don't know, Pastor. If I do this, then, then who's going to pay my bill? If I do this, who's going to pay MLG and W? Who's going to pay Entergy? If you stay in that, you will never know. That's how faith works. You don't know until you do it. And then when you do it, you ask yourself the question. You know what? I stayed at, 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 uh, at Wombsy almost 20 years. I was scared to leave. I didn't know what was going to happen. Didn't know how I was going to make it. I hear all testimony about people who had left different churches and said they were so glad they left. I couldn't see it because I couldn't step. But when I finally realized that God had fired me, I was still on the job, but I was fired. I had to make a transition. I had to make a decision that I was going to, and all God showed me was when Israel was under siege and those leopards was outside the city, they couldn't go in the city and they couldn't go out to the Assyrians. They sat outside the city and they were looking at each other having a pity party. And one of them came up with a revelation. Why sit here till we die? That was my thing. That's what I saw. Why in the heck am I going to sit here and hold this office until I die? I've already been cut off. So when I stepped and started believing, things started to happen and look at what happened? I didn't see it. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't know it. But now that I'm in it, I'm not even trying to figure it out. I'm not trying to figure out how we got here. I'm just thanking God that we're here. That's how faith works. Some of y'all don't know what's getting ready to happen in your life because you won't get it right enough. You won't step out enough because you're trying to figure it out from where you are. You're trying to figure it out from your vantage point. And you can't see it from there. you got to move out, and then you're going to see more. The more you move out, the more you're going to see. Can't nobody tell you until you get out there. 
You're afraid to make a decision. God said, unless you do something, I can't help you. All these people, your way has already been made for you. Some of y'all don't realize God has shut down kingdoms. He shut down jobs. Uh-huh. He shut them down because you wouldn't move. That's the only way he's going to get you out. He got to push your tail out. And then when you get out there years on down the road, after you get through crying and, I don't know what I'm going to do. God just said, shut up. When you get through, we're going to talk. When you step in faith, I'm going to show you something. We think the worst thing happens when we get fired or when we get laid off. And God said, now I can get you. Now I can put you in faith. Now I can get you to start humbling yourself before me. Now I can show you who I've got set up for you. I can show you the plans that I have for you. For the plans that I have for you, God said they are powerful. The thoughts I think towards you, they are great. But you're scared to move. You want to hold on to something for security when God is your security. And you don't want to get to know him. Because you're scared. What if he don't? I'm going to ask you a question. What if he do? Uh-huh. If I had still been back there at Warren City, Pastor would probably, me and Pastor both probably been throwing rocks at each other. I was getting on his nerve, and yeah, he was getting on mine because I was out of position. When you get out of position, you're going to bump into folks. You're going to get on people's nerves. Why? Because God is roughing the feathers. He's trying to get you to a point where you're going to get out of there and go somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right, and then you get on your knees. God, I don't know what they're going to do. They didn't release me. God say, did you hear it? They released you. Thank God they finally released you. Now you can go and do something. Now you can believe and you can trust me. You can lean not to your own understanding. Now you can acknowledge me. You can acknowledge me there. So now they release you to acknowledge me. Now let me direct your path. Okay, you can't get it. Let me keep going. Mm-hmm. All right, watch this. I'll give you a couple more. I think I can give you a couple more. Yeah. God wants you in the marketplace. God did not put a president, a politician, in the White House. He put a marketplace professional in the market. He put a businessman in the White House. I mean, if you really think about it, that's should, who should be in the White House anyway. Somebody who understands business. We got politicians who understand politics. Politics, I pay you, you pay me. I support what you got, you support what I got. Even though it's wrong, this politician was not a politician. This man came in as a, as, a, as a businessman who told them, I don't need your money. I don't need you to donate nothing to my cause. I don't need your money to do this. I'm, gonna put, I'm, a self, I'm self-sufficient. I'm going to pay for my own. And that's what messed up everybody. Even the Illuminati is scared. Everybody, the God told you I'm going to put fear in everybody. Everybody's afraid because he don't owe them nothing. Now God can use him. Only somebody he's going to take something from is God, and God's going to give him. He said, I'm going to strengthen your right hand. That right hand stands for power. I'm going to give you some power. Mm-hmm. God wants you now in the marketplace. And he's saying you the same thing. 
But how can they call upon him who, who, to, to save them unless they believe in him? How are the people going to call on God, the people you work with every day, how are they going to call upon God to save them if they don't hear nothing about God? For as long as Obama was in office, he was silencing the church. You couldn't say nothing in the marketplace. You better not open up your mouth because guess what? But the Muslims could go and pray when they want to. They could pray five times a day, but you better not say five words in the marketplace. The devil is strategic. He knows what goes on in the marketplace. People won't come to church, but they'll come to work. And God's going to put some of y'all in business. He's going to set y'all up for being a blessing so you can open up your mouth and tell him what you know. He's told you right here. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? They're looking for a savior. They're looking for a deliverer. And how are they going to call on him if they ain't heard nothing about him? God put you there so that you can be strategic in your ways and you can say something about Jesus. Watch. Marketplace is going to start opening back up. And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody, someone tell them? I'm scared I might lose my job. Who put you there? Who employed you? Uh-huh. You thought your education got you that job. You thought your know-how, you thought your friend opened the door up for you. No, your friend was strategic. Your, your friend opened the door up so you could get in there and open up your mouth. God put your friend there. You didn't get your friend a job, did you? God put your friend there because he knew that Joseph was going to come along. That Joseph anointing. And you're going to get in there and you're going to start having answers for people. You're going to start being able to get... Look, the, the, we just got a contract. And in that contract, nobody trying to find solutions. Everybody blaming everybody. Here we come in with solutions. And they begin to listen. You don't realize you can make money just being a solution. Not being a part of the problem. God going to give you the wisdom on what to say. This is way over your head. I, I, I can see it now. No, no, no. Activate your faith because you're in a position where you're going to have people that going to listen to you. Your boss going to come down and, and sit down and hear what you got to say before he make decisions. He going to ask you, well, what do you think? Because you're in faith, you're going to tell them what you know. That was deep. Okay. Your loved ones, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbor, the people you're going to meet in the grocery store. God is calling for the church to come out of the closet. It is our season. We have no more excuses. We got a president who's going to one day pray and trust God. So in the meantime, we need to get busy. We need to get busy. And I'm going to challenge you all to one day fill every pew up with somebody you know from your job, from your neighborhood, from your church, from the grocery store, somebody who's riding their bike up and down the street because they don't have a car. Mm-hmm. All right. This might be the last one. I don't know. It's your time. Don't worry about when he's going to come back. Just know that he's coming back. This is what he told you to do until he come back. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said to them, do what? Occupy 
until I come. We're on the verge of him coming back. And he wants us now to plant our feet on the ground and occupy until he comes. Stop giving in. Stop giving up. Stop letting your flesh rule you and stand your ground. For he that is holy shall be holy still. He that is unjust will be unjust still. No, the world is not getting ready to come to an end. Let me help you with that for those who ask that question. Once that peace treaty has been signed, you can count down then from the day that that peace treaty is signed, seven years later, that's when the Lord is going to come back. We don't know until then, but once that seven-year peace treaty has been signed, you can count down seven years, and we're going to come back with the Lord. Now, that goes up, oh, God. Watch this. I am a pre-trib. I'm believing that we're going to go out before the tribulations come. There are other there are some other believers out there that believe that they are mid-trib, that we're going to go through the middle way of the tribulations. And then there's post-trib, people who believe that they're going to be here until the tribulations are over with. I definitely ain't a post. Because all the hell that I don't read on in Revelation that's going to be going on, nuclear bomb, people dying, people dying in the street that they ain't going to be able to bury because so many people are going to be dead in the streets. Demons going to be released out of the pit. I don't want to be here when Satan is here. Me and him won't get along. Okay? So I don't want to be a post. Mid-trip, meaning that you're going to go through some of the tribulations and some of the stuff that's going to be going on, I don't want that either. So I'm looking at all the scriptures that tell me that we pre. Now, again, I could be wrong because I'm saying pre. That's why I don't want to get all into it. But I definitely pray and believe in God. Please take us out before this stuff happens. Okay? There will be some tribulation saints. People who are going to come out of the tribulation are going to be saved. The Bible said they're going to have to give their head for what they believe. Their head going to be cut off. And ain't nobody cutting people's head off today now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's happening right now. Why are they cutting their head off for what they believe? Because they are Christians. In that day and time when you say you have a choice, either you're a believer or a non-believer, you say you're a believer, they're going to actually renounce your faith in Jesus Christ. You don't, they're going to cut your head off. They're going to ask you to take the mark of the beast, whatever that may be, a chip or whatever. I don't know what it may be. I don't want to know. I don't want to be here when y'all get it. <laughs> the Bible says, who receive that mark will not be able to come into the kingdom. So don't receive the mark. If you get stuck here and we're gone, don't take the mark. The marketplace is going to really be tough for you because you won't be able to buy nor sell. Think about your kid. Could be sick and, and need, some, need, need, need medicine, but you can't buy it unless you take the mark. Most people do anything for their children, especially when they're suffering. I don't want to be here. I'm giving you an opportunity right now to get it right with God. That's why I told you this one thing. Find out what that, you know how to find out. You know what it is. There's one thing that's so easily besetting you, that's messing you up with God, whether you're drinking, you're smoking. People have come to me and told me that they've got, through this fast, they've got delivered from smoking. Amen. amen. Get it in my hand clap, amen. I've had people that come and tell me that they've gotten off of pornography. Then I've got people tell me that, Pastor, it's hell. 
So it seems like the devil has took it to another level. Well, let me ask you this. If you were falling off this building, what would you do? Yeah, you pray. Yeah, Lord, you pray and hit that ground. You're going to grab a hold of anything that you can. Nails, screws. You're going to be grabbing a hold of anything just to keep from falling. Paint. You hit that ground, they can look in your fingernails. They'll find paint. Why? Because you knew you was falling, you were losing your grip, and you was trying to hold on to something. You're missing it. The reason why the devil, and you can feel his claws getting in deeper, is because he's losing his grip. He's falling, and he's digging in harder and clawing you, and you think things getting worse. No, baby, he's losing his grip. You've been looking at things so negative for so long, you don't even realize what's happening spiritually. If I hadn't been fast, this never would have happened. You sure right? He never would have lost his grip. But by you fasting and praying and believing God that you can get over this smoking, you can get over this alcohol, you can get over this dope, you can get over whatever's trying to conquer you, you can get over it. And the devil's saying, I'm holding on. Keep what you're doing. Keep believing. And watch, when that rascal finally fall off, you may have some scars. But you're going to have your victory. Bow your head. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.